Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. Last Thursday night, California Senator Dianne Feinstein passed away in her home at the age of 90. She was the oldest senator currently, and for months she had been sick. She had been showing up to the Senate chamber in a wheelchair. She had suffered shingles in February, and many had expected this would come. So in the past few months, as Josh mentioned, Senator Feinstein had been suffering from uh, uh, an array of different illnesses, most notably um, shingles, which led to certain other problems such as Ramsey Hunt syndrome and encephalitis. And all of these problems led to situations where she had to be in a wheelchair, a wheelchair. She had frailty, physical ailments. She also had reported mental problems, including confusion and potential lack of ability to perform in her actions as senator. Now, today, we will be discussing a trend in American politics of old politicians. Politicians are getting older, generally. The national trend has actually, especially in the Senate, the, the, the average age for politicians has increased. In the 116th Congress, which was you know, about 10 or 15 years ago, the average age for a senator was 62 and a half years. In the 107th, 17th Congress, about eight years ago, it was 64 Point eight years, so almost 65 years old, and now it's 65.3. So we've seen a continual growth of about three three years on the average year, age of senders um, over, over the last couple of decades. And that number to me is very important, 65. People often retire at the age of 65. It's kind of a, an American standard to retire at 65. Not everyone um, can retire at 65. Many retire younger, many retire older, but it's a, a sort of societal expectation of people often retire at 65. Yet, in American politics, in the Senate, one of the the highest places that you can get as a politician in America, that is the starting age. That That is the age when many people have the meat of their political career just starting at 65 years old, when many other people in a different career are retiring and ending their, their, uh, their professional career. And it's, and it's only increased in the last couple of decades. In 2002, the 107th Congress, the average age for a senator was about 59.8. Now it's 65. That's, an, that's, a, that's a five-year increase over the last 20 years. In that, in that same year, the average age for a House member was 54.4. Now it's 50, 58. Also, about four and a half, five-year increase. So we're just seeing these trends across the board. And if you look at the oldest 20 members of Congress today, including Senator Feinstein before she died, she was the oldest at 90. And then at the after that 20 mark, the youngest in that in that group of 20 was 80. So you have 20 Congress members who lie between the age of 80 and 90. A very, very old age in which many Americans have already passed away. The national life expectancy of America is younger than many Congress than many senators are. And they're still serving at the highest level of politics in our nation. 13 of those members are Democrats or liberal independents, and seven of them are Republicans. So you see that in that in that spread, more more of the of the old politicians are Democrats compared to Republicans. 
And many of those people in that top 20 are the most notable and powerful people in the Congress. Nancy Pelosi, one of the most prominent members of the House, former Speaker of the House, 83 years old. Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, 81 years old. You know, two huge positions. Bernie Sanders, a an icon for, for progressives on, on, the, on the left side of, of the left party. 82 years old. So many figureheads are very old. And, and we have to understand that this is past the national life expectancy, longer than, than most Americans on average live. And those are the people leading our country, making the largest decisions. Now, what does this look like? How does this age manifest? So you have someone like Feinstein, who's potentially not able to function her job. She forgets things. There are reports that she didn't know exactly what was going on or couldn't function and wasn't able to perform because she was in the hospital. There were uh, very important votes that the Democrats needed to pass, and that, that was delayed because she was in the hospital. And then when she was there, there were situations where um, her aides reported that she wasn't in a state fit necessarily to be a senator of the U.S., you also have situations like Mitch McConnell. He, as Josh mentioned, is 81. Um, and in the past few months, twice this has happened in which he was in a press conference and he had a brain freeze where he just publicly froze in the middle of being questioned by uh, by news organizations. They asked him a question and he just froze. He stood there and didn't say anything. People said, are you OK? And he just could not respond. Nothing. There was no words that, that he could process. And what ended up happening after you know a minute or so, uh, his aides had to actually move him away and take him away and uh, and stop the press conference. And later his doctors said that it was just an uh, it was just a lapse of judgment or something you know just happened and he's completely healthy and fine. That's what they chose to 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 publicly report. Who knows what actually is going on? It seems like there's something medical that's causing this situation, some sort of problem physically that is a result of him of that is a result of his age. You had justices in the Supreme Court, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away at 87. Not only are there questions about the, the efficiency at which older representatives and leaders and justices do their jobs and their ability to, to perform, but also there's the question of what happens if they die in office and, and what happens next. So with, with Dianne Feinstein, the, the, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, gets to put up a, a new candidate for the interim until the next um, election cycle. But for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the, the, the next justice is appointed by the president. And when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, was getting older, under the Obama administration, she was a Democrat. Obama administration was a Democratic administration. There was push from a lot of different representatives in the House and the Senate uh, on the Democratic side to have her step down because they knew she might potentially die after the administration. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg chose, and, and Obama also agreed with, that, with her to choose, that she was not going to step down. Had she stepped down, Obama could have appointed another Democratic-leaning justice. They decided to keep her um, in her position as justice. She continued. She passed away during the Trump administration, and Trump appointed a Republican-leaning justice. So by continuing into an older age, not stepping down, she was detrimental to her own party. You also, though, have situations in which older much older politicians do choose to step down. Recently, and most significantly, you have Senator Mitt Romney from Utah, who is 76, and he just announced that he is not going to run for another term. And he said this was because of his age and that he believes that other senators who are as old as him should step down and not run again. And he also believes that President Biden uh, and former President Trump should not seek re-election, that they are too old to perform their duties, that a new generation of politicians needs to step in and that his generation needs to step aside and pave and allow the younger generations to to 
and, and pass the torch to the younger generations and allow them to step into the spotlight and that ultimately they are too old to perform to perform uh, their duties to the best extent compared to younger generations. Now, the reason we the, the, that a lot of researchers are saying that politicians, the average age is getting older is, number one, health. You know, 100 years ago, politicians and people in general didn't live as long. Um, and now people are living long. They're retiring later in their life. But also the data suggests that voters prefer older, more experienced leaders rather than than young radical leaders that want to want to change the status quo. So an example of this is like in the in the 2020 election, pe- one of the arguments against Biden was that he was old even back then. But he still beat out many younger people in the primaries, such as Pete Buttigieg, who's super young, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, a lot of other people he beat out because of, because of his experience, because he wasn't radical. And that makes it an easier win for older candidates. And we see this a lot in the Democratic Party compared to the Republican Party. So as I was talking about earlier in those top 20 oldest politicians in Congress, 13 of them were Democrats or, or liberal leaning compared to seven of which were Republicans. So you see that more of them are Democrats. And we also see that uh, the Republicans, they actually have term limits on the chairs of their congressional committees. So um, if you chair a congressional committee as a Republican, the party actually limits how long you can do that for and says, okay, you've done this for a certain amount of time. It's time to step aside, allow the younger generation to come in and rise to power. And this is compared to Democrats who don't do this. And instead, they reward their leaders for being in positions for as long as possible and give them uh, and allow them to stay in these congressional committees for as as long as they'd like and to stay in their seats um, in Congress and in the Senate. And as president, even when they're extremely old, they they still choose to support them and, and even reward them for, for doing so. Now, now, the central issue of age is really going to be most prominent in our political discussion as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Um, so you, right now you have the Democratic nominee, which is Joe Biden. And he, if he gets elected into office, will be sworn in at the age of 81. And he'll finish his second term at the age of 85 or 86. That's significantly old. I mean, that's the, the second oldest president before him was Ronald Reagan, who was 77 when he finished his second term. And, and Joe Biden would end his second term at, at 86. So that's old. Um, and now on the Republican side, we have we're currently in the primaries. A lot of different options for the, for the for the for the final nomination. Many expect that Donald Trump again will get the final nomination, and if he is the nominee, he will be seventy eight when he enters office and eighty two when he exits office, which is also very old. So, you know that that is obviously an issue that both parties are having to deal with. The Republicans, you know, because they have to choose a primary candidate, and the Democrats because they have to push their candidate through to winning. You see this in their actions as presidents. You've noticed that they are older. You see Biden who falls off his bike or stumbles uh, when he walks onto a plane. And, and sure, yes, we all fall off a bike and we all we all stumble on a stair every once in a while. But it's more noticeable as you get older and older. Um, and you also see this in situations where he's giving speeches. And at the G20 recently, he referred to the developing world as the third world. And he later corrected himself. But that's something that that uh, a younger politician uh, usually wouldn't make such a mistake and that wouldn't be as politically in- incorrect. Particularly, Biden has struggled with the stutter for a long time. So when he's speaking, whether it's going to be on the debate stage as we approach 2024 election, he's going to have that trouble. He's going to look older just because of his stutter. And maybe he is older, maybe he is slower. I don't know. But I can I can definitely confirm that his stutter is going to make him appear older to the voting population. So whether he is less capable 
because he's older or he's not less capable because he's older. He's, the fact that he has an old age is going to affect how the voting population thinks of him. And that's, why, if not his largest challenge for the 2024 election, one of his largest challenges. When researching for this episode, one of the most surprising quotes that I saw, I saw a bunch of politicians talking about um, uh, other politicians who are old themselves who are old. The, the most surprising one to me was Trump. And he said, when referring to Biden, he is not an old man. In actuality, life begins at 80. And he posted this on his social media site, uh, on the social media site, True Social. And it was so surprising to me. Trump was actually not taking a jab at Biden that he's that, you know, he took this opportunity to say that he's not old. Uh, You know, I would normally expect someone to take a jab at Biden and say he's old. But you have to come to it through the lens that Trump is also very old himself, uh, almost just as old as Biden, a few years younger, but but still still up there. So he has to even reconcile with the fact that um, that they're both that they're, you know, they're both old and that if he wants to to appeal to his voters, he has to come it through the lens that Biden's not old and, and try to persuade them that, you know, life begins at 80, that he can't use that as a method of attacking Biden because it still applies to himself. To bring this podcast to a close, um, I want I want to review kind of both arguments. And, and the one the one argument is that politicians are less functioning when they're when they get older and therefore they should phase out and give the leadership to the next generation. And the other argument is that that may not be true. They're still capable as long as they're you know competent and can think um, and should use their experience of age and of time in Congress in their leadership positions to impact the country in, in a good way. And I want to I want to bring in a quote that really stung me. It was it was said by a podcast political podcaster Molly Fast about Diane Feinstein. Um, in, you know, in her, in her final days. And and Fast said that fundamentally, uh, these politicians are public servants and they're there to serve the public. And the question of age when it comes to politicians, Biden, Trump, McConnell, Romney, Feinstein, Pelosi, should be, are they fulfilling their responsibility as public servants? Are they still able to do their job? In her last months, by choosing not to resign, was Feinstein doing a disservice to the people of California? because she may have been less competent. Will that happen with President Biden if he continues into his second term? Will that happen with Trump as he ages and if he is elected president? That is the question. And look, we are the young perspective. Josh is 18. I'm 17. We come at this from the complete opposite perspective of these politicians that we're talking about. And and we don't know. We don't know what life is like at 80. Maybe a lot of them are still competent and are doing a great job. And I expect that the argument that they have experience is accurate. They do have experience and that's extremely important. But when that experience comes at the cost of their competency, of their public persona and image as a president or U.S. senator, where do we draw the line? This is going to bring it close to this week's episode of The Young Perspective. You can find more of us at our website at theyoungperspective.net. Additionally, we're on Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.